We had a great lunch today. I uh, go with you every Monday. We have a regular thing at uh, New Orleans Food and Spirits, with an occasional exception to that. But we normally get, or you normally get, the grilled catfish with pecans. Mm-hmm. And today, today, I decided to reason. throw you a curveball and ask you. Oh, is that you who does if that? If we could. If we could split a seafood platter, because the last time we were there, I saw a seafood platter go to another table, and it looked really good. Mm-hmm. So we ordered our own today, and not only did it look good, it was really good. It was an incredible value uh, for that's, $20. That's my goal, though, right? For $20, it was piled high with crispy golden brown shrimp. Mm-hmm. Fish and oysters. Yeah, fried oysters. You know, uh, hardly anybody serves those anymore. Well, this was, uh, it was funny because there were a bunch of oysters on the platter, and one of them was gigantic. And the others were kind of on the smaller side, which is something I prefer for sure. But there was that one really big single oyster that was almost as big as one of the pieces of fish. But the whole thing was very generous. Was piled high with uh, with French fries and with uh, seafood, and I just thought it was uh, just uh, an astonishingly good value. Always has been. Yeah, yeah. The place is great. It's great. It's consistent. It's inexpensive. It's good, and not necessarily in that order. But this was a particularly unusual good buy for us there. I mean that's a that's a deal. That twenty dollars seafood platter at New Orleans Food and Spirits is a deal. And anyway. there's red beans and rice too. Well, we always get the red beans and rice. Yeah, just but it as was an extra. but it was just it was great. I mean it was really really great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, that's um, our single little report from lunch today, New Orleans Food and Spirits. I didn't think he was single. We do. Let's yeah. go to him. Somebody from California, we've just been alerted, has uh, stepped right up. Or have you? Let's find out. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> well, hello, my friend. It's Michael from California. Hey. Michael from California. Well, that's good How to you hear. What, How are you guys which, doing? Which, everything good? Uh, everything is good over here right now. Are you coming uh, for Mardi Gras? I wish, you know, we got the, we got that whole situation out here. So I wish yes. that we're 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 get, we're getting close to uh to coming back out. We're thinking maybe after Mardi Gras at some point uh-huh. for a real quick uh quick turnaround. So we'll we'll let you know if we're and coming out. You're, but when you're putting this out, I mean, uh call me, go on the air or not as you wish, but know yeah. ye this. I was born <laughs> on Mardi Gras. He does know That's ye right. that. I do know you that. <laughs> He's sure. been you with guys. you at Mardi Gras at Crescent City several times. That's right. That's right. And uh, are you guys are planning on doing the Crescent City uh, 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 lunch and dinner after uh, Mardi Gras? No, I can only hack one in a season. But uh, as yeah. far as I know. Yes, Michael. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, it, you know, that was something that was just uh, a whiz. A long time ago, uh, uh, I went over to the Acme, excuse me, not the Acme, the Crescent City Steakhouse on Broad Street, and I walked in, and there was nobody there, as in zero. 
And I was a fairly regular customer for the place, so I said, that that isn't right. I'm going to stay here at least. So I stayed, and nobody did show up. The year after that, because I talked about it a pretty good bit, we had uh, a fair number of people, you know, like about 12. And Mm -hmm. it got bigger and bigger every year uh, to the point where now getting a table in there is almost impossible unless you make a reservation well in advance. That's and, right. Uh, that's right. And that's it. And so uh, if if you like a good steak, it's, it strikes me as the way to go because what are you doing when you are excel- when you're celebrating uh, Mardi Gras? You are leaving meats behind. That's the whole idea of it. That's how it got Carnival. started. And yeah. so uh, Carnival, yeah. So uh, there we were, and uh, and but uh, since then things have dressed dressed up. Anyway, yes, how yeah. are you, Michael? How are things out doing, there? Doing, doing fine, doing fine. Everything is, uh, you know, it's, it's 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 a sunny day out here, so we're we're liking that. So. <laughs> yeah, it, it it won't hold on for much longer if you're heading towards us because it's raining. That's, well, it's always raining here. here, and it's always sunny there. Are you still surfing at six in the morning? Huh? Uh, about yeah, you know, about five thirty-six. Yeah, I'm still still you're doing, still it, doing every it. Day. Good, good. <laughs> I'm glad yeah, you've been able to out. keep that up. That's good. Happy to hear Absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. That's been working out. Uh, but thanks for having uh, Chef John Foles on today. That was that was a wow. fascinating uh, conversation. Yeah, you don't get a lot better than him. He now, is a very smart man and has has yeah. a sense of 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 just joy. Yeah, he's and, lovely, and, lovely person. And surprise, yeah. and I mean, he, he's 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 a unique individual. It's too bad you're not going to be yeah, here to go to that it. thing. That thing. Yeah, that that's sounds, what I'm calling it. When I saw the when I saw the list of of events and how they broke down, the first thing on the list was gallows, and I thought, you know what? I'm not going to go for that. I'm going to go later <laughs> than that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I'm actually looking at at his uh, his book, uh, the Encyclopedia of Cajun and Creole Cuisine, that a friend of mine gave me. And like you said, these, these books are bigger than you are, Tom. They are. They're huge. <laughs> yeah. They are. Not the old Tom, but the new Tom. Yes, it's bigger than the new Tom. There's a new Tom? There's a new Tom, and he's about half the size of the old Tom. What did he do? (laughs) He's only lost 80 pounds. That's nothing to it, I mean, for goodness sake. Anyway. That's a great accomplishment, my friend. That's great. Hey, I got another question for you guys. Um, I've been following, um, because, you know, we're we're big fans of, um, of the restaurant Coquette on Magazine. Yeah, that's yeah, you know yeah. that's a restaurant that people either love or kind of are indifferent to. I Is like right? it. It's but I it like has it. a personality all its own. Uh, mm, it's really, it really a unique. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what's your question? I, I, I partic- we particularly like their um, their brunch where you can order an entire fried chicken with biscuits, pickles, and uh, deviled eggs. For, for brunch, for a brunch item, which I absolutely adored. I ate the whole darn thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. one time Tell we them the name there. of it again because yeah. we just got asked. Coquette. Coquette, yeah, yeah. that's it. Coquette. And so my mm-hmm. question was, have you guys been to their um, – their, Talia? Their kind of Talia, so their option op- – Talia, yeah. Yes. Michael, this is where our age difference comes in. Okay. okay. Um. I don't like it at all. Oh. You know, you, you. How long has it been since you've been here? It's been two, two years, 
three years? I think two years. I think it's been two years. Yeah, it would be really interesting to hear your opinion because what is happening here in this city um, to an accelerated degree since the last time you were here probably is that there's a there's a sort of a revolution going on where where we're becoming more Californian in nature with uh-huh. our culinary uh, scene. And I, so I noticed that. Yes. So the True Food Kitchen is here. Okay. Okay. Yep. And and all of the youngins are um are doing their thing, but their thing is not our thing, and their thing is uh-huh. a separate thing. And uh-huh. so um so Talia is their thing. Talia T A G L I A. And um and I would that? be very curious to see what you think of the evolution of food in New Orleans in just that short a period of time. Good and getting yeah, better moment by moment. Yeah. So, yeah. No, um, I mean, you know, I, 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 I suppose there's a place for that, you know, the, the, if you want to call it the Californization of, uh, uh, of stuff, but as long as they're still paying tribute to the local, uh, you know, traditions and, 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 and ingredients particularly, and they're treating them in a way, maybe, you know, well, uh, a different treatment, but on a, on a very revered um, set of ingredients. You know, I don't I think, think you know. I don't think that's it. I think that there are different ingredients too. Like it's really oh. interesting. There's this. Um, we had this uh, conversation with a friend of mine who is also uh, she sits in for us on the show, and she was uh-huh. talking about Duke's mayonnaise, and I said, yeah. "What is?" Duke's mayonnaise and she said well it's only the mayonnaise that in all the poor boy shops around town and I went no it's not (laughs) I know it's not because blue plate is what they use around town and so then I started to ask her where they were and she named all of the places which I call quote the club okay Uh and so she named all of the places where the young Turks are doing their revolution and um and but we do blue plate here see so right. uh so i'm i'm really interested when you come if okay. you eat at all the places and and i would like to hear your your passionately new orleans yet californian perspective <laughs> you got it i can okay? do that it would be my pleasure to do so yeah absolutely yeah yeah, I would really be interested in hearing that. So uh, the answer to the question about Talia is it's weird. And um, and we had several things, all of which were weird. Everyone that was there was in the neighborhood. And, um, and there was one thing that was exceptionally good, uh-huh. but, but I guess I could probably describe it this way. The focus of this revolution is not what tastes good. It is Mm. about a lot of other things that have nothing really to do with how food tastes. Well, you you better tell us what it is. Which is what we're all about here. It's got to be something, so what is it? 
Well, yeah, I mean, like if you, I always, I always say you can tell. I mean, I know this is insulting, and I'm sorry, uh-huh. and I'm guilty of it myself. But you know, you can always tell when I'm flying to New Orleans, wherever I am, I can always spot the gate for New Orleans without having to look at the monitor, because <laughs> because all the people there look like they come from New Orleans for the most part. I include myself in this, okay? Uh-huh. Um, but uh, so what we're interested in is how the food tastes. And right. um, and so, you know, I'm curious. It's like I, it, what, I think what, what made me most fascinated when I was in Talia was this table next to us. And the conversation the entire time was all about there were six people there and one was more excited than the next one about all the plant-based options out there, like plant-based uh-huh. burger, you know, plant-based. And I'm thinking, folks, I'm so sorry, but that's just not what we're about, you know. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, uh, I'd be so interested in hearing your take on it. Really, really very sure. much so. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely check it out. The thing is that, I mean, Coquette's one of our favorite, what we call new school restaurants uh-huh. out there, which is the not. new not school. Uh, that's good. Yeah. But, you yeah. Know, we we love our grand we love going to our grand dams, um, and uh, you know that that wholly unique New Orleans ex- dining experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we adore that. But then you know we kind of mix it up with uh, with with some of the new school to see what people are doing. And so I know that Coquette now, from the sound of things, is probably you know not quite considered new school anymore. But um, being a cousin of one of our favorite new school restaurants, like we probably pop into Talia to go check it out, and I'll, I'll definitely give you my my take on it when we do that. Yeah, um, you know, it's like the guy. There was we had this guy on last week who does um, he does pastas and he grills grits um, does his mills his own corn and everything and and heirloom wheat. He has, in my opinion, the most delicious bread mm. out there. Okay, but he's doing a lot of, you know, not white pasta stuff Mm. going on. And so um, he was talking about his pasta. And I said, you know, I just I I I love your bread. Um, I I just don't think you're going to be able to sell me on whole wheat pasta. Uh And then he started talking about how great. It was, and I said, you know, I had your, your, I had your pasta at Talia, and he said, well, you know, that's not my pasta. I show, I gave her the ingredients to make it herself. But he said, really, who needs fat and salt and sauces on pasta? It should be able to stand by itself. And I went, I don't think so. Well, yeah, you got to have what what makes pasta good is the sauce on it, and what makes the sauce good is fat and salt. Excuse me, but anyway, so I agree. um, So, so very interested in hearing your thoughts on Talia when you come. Yeah, absolutely. That that would be nice. You got it, guys. And now I'm going to step down off my soapbox because I'm really big on that Mm -hmm. particular subject. And remember. I was born on Mardi Gras. Yes, Thank sir. you, Tom. You're welcome. <laughs> never, we'll never forget. Never forget. Take right, care, Michael. Thank you for calling. 
You well, got we have, it. We'll uh, talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Bye. A, a brief, uh, Say hey. maybe a not so brief break, but we're going to take a break for just a few minutes. And we'll be back with more of the food show. If you have something else to bring up, bring all you care to. The Food Show, 260-6368. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. It's uh, great to be here with you talking about food and restaurants and cooking and and all the things that lead up to restaurants and and cooking and drinking and all of that. Uh, We just did a a whole hour uh, with a, a guy who I met when he came to New Orleans, and he joined us at the Crescent City Steakhouse, which is something I have been doing every year for, I completely lost track. I want to say about 15, maybe 20. No, 30 at least. You think it's 30? You were doing that before we got married, I believe. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, you were. It's been a long time. Anyway, he is about 40, he, the guy you just talked to. You talking? Are you talking about John Fulce or Michael? The uh, guy we just talked to. Is the one who was at Crescent City with you, John Fulce, we talked to before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do a postscript to the conversation with Michael. Okay. It's a quote on a book that I'm reading right now, and I absolutely love it. It is a, it is a cookbook uh-huh. and just an overall fantastic book. And I'm not going to say who it is because you don't want me to, but... Why? <laughs> it's an opinion that backs up what I just said. <coughs> Note. Okay. What? It's, it? it's it's an aside in the book that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Note, I am not the person to call, nor, frankly, is this book for you. If your predilections in dining indicate an affinity for drab gray walls, unstructured piccolo concertos, austere and oddly shaped tableware, relevant, quote, menus, deconstructed food, kombucha, quinoa, kale, or cold-pressed grapeseed <laughs> oil, and I simply will not apologize for it. Uh, well, uh, I, I'm right with that. Uh, I, I, I love I, that quote. Love it. Well, uh, are they still around town or something? Uh, it's a very successful person, and yeah. uh, well, we have had him on the God show. God bless to him. And I totally applaud his um, unapologetic viewpoint on these subjects anyway two six zero six three six eight is the number all right i'm really getting off my soapbox now yeah why because they've heard it before oh and they'll hear it again <laughs> mm. but it's been enough for today have you ever been to uh john false's places i've been with you tom several have of you? them yes well it just goes to show yes. i can't keep track of who's who <laughs> But there it was again. You know, that just keeps on coming. And Tom, and Tom wonders why tomorrow on our anniversary, and he says, where do you want to go? I go, ah, I don't care. <laughs> I wonder if those two are connected in any way. Anyway, where should Tom and I go on our anniversary tomorrow? We've decided we're going to eschew our usual 30-year tradition. We are not going to go to the Windsor Court, and here's why. The Windsor Court is where our wedding took place. That's why it Well, a, that's our, where we had our honeymoon, yeah. and that's where we ate our first yeah, meal that, as man yeah, and wife. Right. And, um, and we have carried on that tradition for 30 years. And we are not doing it this year. And the reason is that I last year we did it for lunch because I really like their meat and three. But I've done it. We've done the meet and three several times. And and so we were going to go for dinner 
because we haven't been for dinner since, I don't know, maybe five years ago when we spent $300 and the waitress didn't know what um, Chev was. Yeah, Chev. <laughs> that yeah. still is an amazing thing. Yeah, it is. It really is. Anyway, so then um, we we looked at the menu for dinner, and it just was not even remotely interesting. And I said, you know what, I don't want to go and spend $300 to make myself get something I don't really care about. I don't want to go for lunch. How do you feel about going for the polo lounge? Because we did that once for New Year's Eve. Yes, I think we did it and twice. The menu, and the menu for the polo lounge actually does look interesting. But mm-hmm. you said, I don't want to do that. So then we decided, okay, we're not doing the Windsor Court this year. So we're going to go someplace else. So uh, where will that uh, – do we know? Do we I have a clue? I don't know. We're still uh, thinking about where we should go. You know, I'll tell you where I would like to go, like to go, uh, Delmonico. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marianne and I had a nice little date about a month and a half ago, and it was such a pleasure. And the music, a great place for music. It's not too big. It only has one problem, and that is it's, a, it's an emerald restaurant. Yeah, what does that mean? Well, uh, for some reason, I think they're a little off their kilter, uh, although they are doing a huge business. Every time I drive in front of that place, it's it's enormously successful. Uh, So, uh, what's the end of that thinking? Okay. Moving on to uh, Marianne. Oh, let's move on to me now. Yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) You know, we we have a pretty good uh, bunch of almanac uh, items today. This one is interesting to me, and I've always wondered why it is not taken seriously. Uh, the Treaty of Paris, which ended the French and Indian War, and if you're an Indian or if you are uh, uh, somebody who is – Or French. <laughs> or if you were if you, if you were a historian, uh-huh. uh, you, would, you would certainly know ab- about that. It uh, took effect today in 1763. Among its effects, it created an international boundary between the British American colonies and the Spanish Louisiana uh, at Pass Manchac. Pass Manchac is where Middendorf's is now. So here we have this incredibly important bit of history involving uh, the United States and Great Britain and Spain, all wrapped up in one way or another with this, with this uh, history. And uh, I've always wondered, you know, yeah, to go over there and try out the uh, the historical aspect of that uh, past man shack. You know, get some good fried chicken. I mean, well, actually, they do have that fried uh, fried, fried catfish. <laughs> fried Tom, catfish. I see the next thing that you have in your almanac yeah. is something you could not do without, which is, is that right? sweet Let's and low. Out. Sweet and saccharin. low. Saccharin, yes. Saccharin. It's that's you know what. We hate all this artificial stuff, but that particular one is uh, is of better quality, for one thing. It doesn't have anything in it that anybody has ever had a problem with other than, you know, minus kind of things. And uh, I, I, there's probably probably people out there who are in the business and or who are thinking about how they can straighten me out on that. But it does seem. Well, I'm to be... not in the business, and I'm thinking how I can straighten you out. Although I already yeah. know I'm not going to. So go ahead and have your sweet, yeah. sweet and low. Sweet and low. Yeah. Uh, 
that way I can drink bigger cups of coffee. That's that's what that's all about. And also, uh, there's uh, there's it's in these little packets and the, the saccharin, which was an invention of the guy who in who put this all together, and he discovered that now this is a little gross, but you take a shot of or a swallow of ta- uh, saccharin mainly because it goes straight down and out your the other end. Uh, it is. Uh, Please tell us more. <laughs> well, you know, I think I've already made it too much. Too, too I think heavy. so. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, Ira mm. Remsen, who discovered saccharin, was born today in 1846. I wonder how old I wonder how old Sweet and Low is. I mean, I wonder when saccharin it's been got around, cleared for use. It's been around a very long time. Has it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And but but these these scientists uh, were the first to really discover that. So and, it's probably yeah. over a hundred years ago. It probably is. Yeah. We'll have to mm. look it up somehow. Today's National Undewey Day. Undewey? I love Undewey. Ah, uh, Dewey. Dewey. Do we love Undewey? Yes, we do. Uh huh. Yeah. I like uh, Savoie. You you like Richard's best, you said. Mm hmm. Yep. That's a I do not correct. care for, I know this is blasphemy. I know it is. But, um,. What's the one out in Laplace? Wayne one, Jacobs. One. Wayne Jacobs. Oh, oh, for, Not for a this, fan of Wayne Jacobs on Dewey. I mean, yeah. They, yeah. There's a bunch of them it's all around. It's an interesting place, though. It's a really interesting place. I mean, it's kind of worth the drive out there. It's kind of cool. You know, it's it's on the River Road, and it's uh, it's a joint for sure. Yeah, it sure is. But it's uh, it'd be always- worth be worth a little cultural investigation. I'm not a fan of the Andouille, though. Yeah, well, a lot of people do who it's are... It's very large. Against the, uh, yeah, like well, very large, huge as in circumference, which yeah. I have about I have about an inch in circumference that I'm good with, and then it becomes kind of gross to me. Hmm. Anyway. Um, so there's uh, 144 of them. 144 what? Ah, uh, the things that you make uh, gross with. <laughs> That's true. That's I do have a lot of things that I think are gross. I will uh, grant uh, you that. Anyway, well, you, Undewey, you, you in my the, opinion, uh, the main point. No, of I, I, I got it. No, okay, Undewey is, in my opinion, best quartered, sliced in about I don't know, fourth inch. Ah, the thing is, if you have 144 of something, you have a gross. Ah, and then quartered. Okay, Doug, we're going to go to a break. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. You're listening to WWL 105.3 FM HD2. It's the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. We're coming to you from the middle of a big uh, uh, stratagem. No, no. Tiny no. little office. Tiny That's little... where we're coming from. You don't have a tiny little office? No, you, you have a tiny I little do? office, and we're sitting in it. Yes. Oh. Well, am I? Uh, should I be upset about that? I don't know, Tom. You'll have to decide that for yourself. No, I, I just got a, a piece of news that was very, very depressing. I know that I hmm. am. I know that I am uh, annoyed by it when you're trying to get out, and I have to get up every time. So we're talking about sausages, Andouille sausage, mm-hmm. and you have an interesting dining rule, which is never order a sausage in a strange place without first asking exactly what it is. 
or looking at it carefully. There is no worldwide body defining the contents of sausages. You never can tell what's going to come your way in the sausage universe. Uh, well, you uh -huh. know, does everyone what? have a sausage, do you think, sausages? Like we were in um, Central Europe two years ago, mm -hmm. and there were sausages everywhere. It was kind of a uh, staple th food. That's such a great point because it's staple certainly true. Food. It's it's absolutely true in the places you're talking about, uh, yeah. Central uh, Europe. Yeah. It's everywhere, everywhere. They love sausages there. It's just the biggest, biggest thing. Yeah. And they are, they're all different. And they're, they're, <laughs> they're ubiquitous. They really are. Like every place you go, there's a sausage. And it's different from the one in the last village. And uh, I think that that is a good rule, the one that you have. Never order a sausage in a strange place without asking exactly what it is or looking at it carefully. Everybody who has leftovers has a sausage. There you go. It You're really right. is. It, it's, that is what a sausage is. It's what's yes. left over from whatever you happen to be doing. Incidentally, <laughs> New Orleans food is not plant-based. If New Orleans food were plant-based, because we are below sea level, it would have to be seaweed. Yeah, you're totally right about that, Doug. And thank God it's not. Thank God it's not. Get off my soapbox. Anyway, um, we are talking about sausages. And also on the the almanac today, there mm -hmm. is something about a Boston butt. Who oh, doesn't Boston love butt. Boston butt? I mean, except the plant-based people. Well, do you know what it is? Yes. What is it? It's pork shoulder. Pork shoulder, exactly right. And where is found? Yes, pork and I shoulder? remember over the many years that we did things on the big green egg here, you and I have had the same argument. Or, well, we call them discussions where I would ask you, <laughs> I would buy a Boston butt what that was about. and ask you to smoke it. And you would say, no, I can't smoke that. It'll take 12 hours to smoke. Yeah, that's the way we like to do it over at the Cool Water Ranch. Anyway, I remember there was this one particular birthday party because we had lots. We have five acres here. And so we used the kid, the occasion of the children's birthdays to have these massive events that had lots of people and really cool things to do and some big buffet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, boy, those were the good old days of entertaining. Anyway, I was, <laughs> I was reading from the same book where I just used the quote. And this book is like this really classy guy's book. And every single picture is perfection. It's beautiful china, perfect linen napkins with with um, embroider embroidery uh, initials on it. Monogram is what I'm trying to think of. Um, matching tablecloths and gorgeous food on silver trays. And I just laugh when I look at these pictures and I'm thinking about what we used to call, quote, entertaining <laughs> it was it was a little bit different but we still had a good time and the food was really great and one of the things that we did was the boston butt and i remember yeah. one birthday party tom you did a boston butt which was so good 
we kept trying to get you to do it again, and every time we asked you, you'd say, no, I can't do that. It's 12 hours. Well, I, I was right. Okay, let's talk ah. to Ron, the gourmet Ron waiter. Here. Ron, the gourmet poet. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you all doing? We're all doing swell, I think. Awesome. I've got a trick for that Boston butt. Tell me. Okay, what I do is I, I spend the first, I'd say, three to four hours with the Boston butt outside on the smoker. And mm-hmm. I run pretty heavy smoke. Okay. Yeah. And then after, after about three or four hours, I tinfoil that, put it in a pan, and I put it in an oven on about 225, maybe 250 tops. And then I just finish it off the rest of the way in the oven. You'll get a decent amount of smoke flavor, but you're not having to man the pit, so to speak, for 12 hours straight. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, that would work. And and how often? How long do you keep it in the oven? Well, until uh, to it gets the, to about 175. I yeah, that I I wasn't going to say that, but uh, what I was thinking is you just bring it up to the temperature of the meat that you're looking for, which it, it's the the uh, smoky part is a little more tricky than the other part. In terms of hours, how long is that? Oh gosh, it's probably it going to take you about about another eight hours, possibly. Okay, but it's worth it. And the other thing is, is when you finish, when when your temperature gauge shows that you're at about 170, 175, what you want to do is just turn the oven off, and then you want to leave it in the oven for at least two hours. And mm-hmm. it's the same yeah. thing as reserving a steak. You want all those juices to go back into the meat. And the nice thing is, it's already in the tinfoil, wrapped nice and tight. So as you turn the heat off. Over the next couple of hours, it steams itself up to 180, 185, but it's also reabsorbing those juices at the same time. Yep, yep. That's uh, that isn't the uh, bunch of words that I would have used, but uh, it's certainly more than good enough, and I appreciate the, yeah. the point. Of also, view. I heard Chef John Fulce on the show. Uh, it's always interesting yeah. to hear him on the show. When I was much, much younger, when I was in my teens. I used to look at cookbooks, and there were two that we had. One was a yellow book, and one was a blue book. And, and I found them fascinating, and as it turns out, they were both Chef Fulce's books. One of them was The Evolution oh. of Cajun and Creole Cuisine. Oh, I remember I that. Forget, I have that I forget very what the book. other title was. I'll, let's see if I, I can but live for this. Those are, I, I those are I great books because they... My... Yeah, they, they teach you all about stocks <laughs> and ruse and what the purpose of them are. And then there's another one. This guy was Leon Soniak, okay? Mm-hmm. And yeah, he had he a was, book uh, called terrific. Le Bouche Creole, which means the Creole uh-huh. mouth. Yep. And, and I, I found that fascinating book guy. fascinating in that every recipe that I've ever done out of Le Bouche Creole has come out exactly what I thought the real dish should be. Just a, mm-hmm. a, a very, very well, well mm-hmm. put together cookbook, uh, Le Bouche Creole, as yeah. well as the first two from Chef Falls. Yeah, it's uh, that was a, a glorious time. There were a lot of people uh, who were putting up uh, recipes and doing uh, the kind of food that people only had in the uh, before. Then they'd been throwing it around and, and building it up as opposed to the careful qualities that they use now. So yeah, all that Absolutely. is true. Hasn't the evolution no, no. of cookbooks been interesting? I mean, I'm talking yes. about this cookbook that I'm looking at right now. And how just exquisitely beautiful it is. Back then, in the days of the cookbooks that you're talking about, they were just cookbooks. Yes. You know? Yeah, there were and very few pictures. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like almost a coffee table book now that you need to have a cookbook. And it's it's Definitely. just uh, it's like everything else. It's it's all about how it looks. Anyway, go ahead. What? Yeah, I'm I'm going to go ahead and, and go on that work. I need to go ahead and get going. Uh, Marianne, I am going to uh, email you the uh, the poem. Oh, I wish you would. Yeah, whenever you get to it. I will. Thank, Thank you all very all much. Right. Always a Take pleasure. Care. Bye. Two six zero six three six eight. Yes, I find that. Um, even since I've been hanging around with you, Tom, and cookbooks have come into this house, although I would say within the last 25 years, this evolution had, I won't say come into full swing, but it had certainly started about 25 years ago. And now the cookbooks that we're seeing are just, I mean, they're, they're masterpieces. They're works of art. And not so much the type, but just the pictures. The photography is gorgeous, and the food just looks so wonderful. And they might not even be all that good, but they sure do look good. But I remember the days, I'm looking at, right over your shoulder at the shelf with the the spiral notebook cookbooks that were all black and white, no pictures. Yeah. And it was really, I mean, those were the kind of books that you didn't mind getting messed up because they were... They were workbooks, is what they were. Yes, indeed, not easily done. You know, you know, building out a uh, a recipe, a cookbook, is not easy. You, it takes hours. It, it's I'm, and I know if you, you know, uh, tell You're talking me about that. testing them, testing the recipes, testing the recipes, which is the hardest part of all, mm-hmm. I think, and it just takes up a vast amount of time and just trying to figure it out we have to cross reference all the ingredients to make sure that they Mm -hmm. it's all there it's yep it is a lot of work i'm glad i don't do it yeah well (laughs) two six zero six three six eight if you would like to chat with us we only have 10 more minutes you're listening to wwl 105.3 fm hd2 all of those things are true we'd love to hear from you about uh, the rest of well, just about anything you want today. <clears throat> the caller who was uh, on before the one before then mentioned something about looking for a blue book and a yellow book as being the two that he needed for his Creole cooking. I think that's what Well, I'm I... looking at a blue and a yellow book right now. As a matter of fact, I know the yellow book is the one that he was talking about, Labouche Creole. I'm looking at it right here. Is this it? Is this uh, it right it here? Jambalaya. Oh, this is uh, the Junior League of New Orleans. They had okay. they had their own cookbook, uh, and they kept working on it over and over again. And there, it's just millions of recipes in it. But what is will really make you pleased is that all of these are really down to earth recipes. These are not. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. They're not the, the beautiful. They're not the beautiful cookbook. These yeah. are just like these are the kinds of books that you leave on the table, and if the gumbo starts boiling over, it can boil right onto that unglossy, plain old page. Yeah. There's nothing mm-hmm. fancy about them. I, I don't even know if the recipes are good, but anyway. They usually are. You know that most people have a. Uh, they they like basic straight down the the middle uh, kind of uh, recipes once they start digging in. We, yeah, people very much like they like food taste. that tastes good. That's true. <laughs> Whether they're going to a restaurant to get it or cooking it at home, they like food that uh-huh. tastes good. Now the question is, 
does what tastes good to you also taste good to me? And that's that's the kind of thing that we have to figure out, you know, where mm-hmm. we're going with this this revolution. Not an evolution, a revolution. Well, uh, Tom? Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Hmm. Before you, you know that that is part of uh, John Fulce's uh, slogan, what What's you that? just said. Well, the name of his restaurant, Revolution? Uh, this, well, I don't think he's talking about the same thing I'm yeah, talking he is. about. Trust me, Tom. He is not talking about the same thing that I'm talking about. However, we'll never know then. However, I am talking about uh, the Plimsoll Club now, Ah, which is uh also in your almanac. Trying to get through your almanac very quickly. What about the Plimsoll Plimsoll Club? I went there a number of times over the years, uh, and then it it was in what we now call the. United. No, wait, it's wait. uh, it was the the one that's becoming the Four Seasons, the International Trade. Yeah. Oh, uh, is that building? Is that, is oh, that what that's it was? Right, the International yeah. Trade Building. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't know when that's ever going to actually become oh, the Four Seasons, uh, but I, th- I think it's going to show up. Uh, just think about the number of hotels that have opened up in, in downtown, especially. It's really something. Anyway, the club was near the top of the New Orleans World Trade Center at the foot of Canal Street. It was originally for people in maritime shipping. It was private, but enough special events took place in their dining rooms that many non-members have dined there. It's Kitchen Wild, not what I'd call one of the best in town, was quite capable of putting on an exceptional dinner. Did you ever go to dinner there, Tom? I did, uh, but you had to be invited by one yeah, of the what members. Yeah, what was the occasion for you to go to dinner there? Uh, well, my my friend is uh, uh, who invited me has uh, was in the middle of an event of his own, and he was, you know, you can do that even if you're in a club of some. Okay, it's the Plimsoll Club. Uh-huh. So uh, of all the private clubs in New Orleans, we have the Boston Club. Yeah. We have... The Plimsoll Club. What's the other one? The Eat Club. <laughs> uh-huh. No, what is, what's the, there's another Mardi Gras Club. There's the Boston Club. Uh-huh. What's the other one? Or are those it? Oh, no. What's the one on Canal Street? There's more than that. By what's by the one on Canal Street? The one on Canal Street is the, uh, is that the Boston Club? The Boston Club. Okay. Well, what about the other ones? Now, again, it I like you, there were more than two. The, the, oh, there were. But they were still very secretive. Like the the crew that uh, was that, that turned into Momus at Mardi Gras time, uh, that was a great example of it. That was an old old carnival yeah. organization that had as its theme. He uh, they used to do these really funny parodies. Of, they were really parodies. into their parodies. Yeah, and I always loved them. For I that did very too. Reason. I did too. So. Okay, so um, the Comus organization do they have their own club the comus uh well that's the most uh secretive of them all uh, they were uh, uh i wonder if yeah. anybody does anybody know the names of some of the other uh private clubs in town i i've Let's got a go good idea s- what i think is a good idea go, go to yes we're coming we're coming we're coming go ahead okay. let's go to steven hi hey hey how you doing uh, I, I want to tell Tom that I was watching a cooking show, and they were having ha- fried halibut hamburgers. <laughs> so Steven, he shouldn't be so have... anti-hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stephen, you call up to poke, you call up to stir the pot, don't you, Stephen? You, Isn't this you what all this is all about? You shock collar, and there you are taunting him. <laughs> halibut hamburgers, okay. though, I'm interested. Tell me, tell me, what were the halibut hamburgers? Well, they took a fillet of halibut, and they did it like it was a half a pound hamburger. Oh, and no. then they breaded it, and then they deep fried it, and then they put it on a hamburger bun. Now, why would you do that when you could just grill a slab of halibut, and it would be so much better? Like I think there. No, I've seen them. I've seen them do that with other fish, make a fish burger, yeah. but normally saute it. But yeah. you know, it, it's you. strange. The Oracle Speaks Again. Thank you, the Pickwick Club. Uh, anything, yeah. okay, to me, fish, and this is one of my things. What, what are we, how many are we up to, Tom, things that I find disgusting? Um, uh, fish. If you think I pay attention to this, you must be, be out of your mind. Fish should be a slab, <laughs> and once you start breaking it apart, it gets gross, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think. Anyway. Uh, all right, also, go ahead. What else? You know, I, I watch a fair amount of cooking shows now with Emeril and, yes. and the uh, Naked Chef and whatever. And after they handle meat, they normally go over to the sink and wash their hands. Yes. But they only do it for seconds. I mean, they just basically rinse their hands off and then dry their hands. So, I mean, that's uh -huh. not getting the, the whatever yeah. chicken have and whatever beef have off. Right. And they'll say, oh, well, wash your hands. And I know you're supposed to wash your hands for 40 seconds. Uh, when you wash your hands, I heard that, you know. Uh-huh. So, anyway. So, what's okay. your point? Don't eat the stuff. Well, I mean, you know, they're not shows. really, they're not doing anything with their hands. And then they'll I'm use the same. I'm going to tell you a secret, Stephen. I'm going to tell you a secret. It's uh, TV. It's not real. I know. <laughs> and then they'll flip the burger with, or this, flip it with the same instrument that they used to, when it was raw. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I also watched a show that they talked about this restaurant was in Canada somewhere. And they were talking about being New Orleans cuisine. And they did about four different menus, you know, four different meals or sandwiches or whatever it was. And none of them I recognized as being New Orleans <laughs> <laughs> after being here for 45 years. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what I mean, do, it was Steven? called the Bonton or something like that, yeah. uh, the, this restaurant. And it's like, I've Sorry. never seen any of that in New Orleans. Yeah. And I have been around. So. Yeah, well, you know, it's probably another one of those TV things. What else you got? About 30 seconds, Stephen. That's it. That's it. Oh, oh okay. Quick list okay. today. All right. Thank you. Mm. Bye. All right. So, Tom. Yes. Um, Stephen does call and, and bring up these subjects that we should, that, that if, if, it, if it was you, we would shock you for if I had a shock collar. Shock. And I'll give you 30 seconds to wind up the show. It was a quick one today. Wind up the show? Yeah. It's time to wind it up. Well, gee, uh, you know, the way that we eat these days is the kind that would make you think that there's a lot of really great fad uh, kind of style of eating. Never mind, Tom, you fired. <laughs> it was the Pickwick Club. Just, the the Pickwick, Pickwick Club, the, the Pickwick. Boston Club, the Plimsoll Club, uh -huh. 
And those are the only ones that I have heard of. Oh, there are plenty more. Yeah? Yeah, especially in the downtown area. Yeah. Have you ever been to the Pickwick Club? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, and you've been to the Boston I've, Club? I've been to the Boston Club. And you've been to all Club. of them. You've been to all of them. How, why'd they let you in? Well, the the, the organization that, that put together... Because um, uh, you're Tom Fitzmorris. Speaking nah, of yeah, which, time for us to sign off. It is? Yes. You're listening to WWL 105.3 FM HD2. Have a wonderful evening, everyone.